Hey fellow brain pickers, how would you like to get featured as a guest on multiple podcast shows like this one and get massive exposure? Getfeatured.media will get you featured on targeted shows. They'll design a custom bio page, pitch you to the hosts, schedule a time, prepare you for the shows and promote you so you get even more brand exposure. Head over to getfeatured.media to get major publicity for your brand. Welcome to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast, where successful entrepreneurs get their brains picked so you can apply mindset tricks and game-changing tactics that will help you become unstoppable. Now, here's your host, Daniel Geffen. Hey, fellow brain pickers, and welcome to episode 84 of Can I Pick Your Brain? My guest today was diagnosed with a rare case of cancer. But that didn't stop her from being named Canada's top female entrepreneur two years in a row and one of Canada's 100 most powerful women. Kelsey Ramsden is nothing short of a powerhouse. She juggled raising three kids and grueling cancer treatments while building a $50 million empire. Among her portfolio of companies are a children's monthly subscription service, a construction company, a residential project management company, and a business consultancy firm. Kelsey has won dozens of coveted awards, has been featured in countless publications, has inspired tens of thousands of entrepreneurs, and mentors in the Richard Branson Center for Entrepreneurship. Most recently, she launched her new podcast show, Future Proofing, which I had the pleasure of appearing on as a guest. Now, here's a little rap I put together for her. You ready? Here goes. Canada's top female she was named cause her passion is inflamed. She's future proof so don't confine her or she'll break the roof. You see, entrepreneurship runs in her blood and she'll trudge through the mud to make it to the top and never stop. No more dying, just keep trying. The voices in your head are lying. Through tough times she didn't abandon cause she's a fighter like Samson. She's now a mentor for Richard Branson. Cancer tried to hold her ransom, but it failed. It didn't know it was dealing with Kelsey Ramsden. Kelsey, welcome to the show and thanks for letting me pick your brain. What just happened, dude? I freaking don't know. My my face just melted. That was awesome. (laughs) What the hell? No, you didn't tell me that's what was going to happen. That's amazing. Thank you, Kelsey. You should just just know, right? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm shaking like a leaf because that is the third. (laughs) That's the third time that I've ever rapped in my life. Um, I should not be rapping. It was like extremely uncomfortable, but I'm on a mission, Kelsey. I'm on a mission to break my comfort zone into pieces. And so that's, I love it. That, that's it. I'm going to do You know, this is my main gem. Like, you know what? Honestly, that's all I need to consume in, tr- in, in terms of nutrition for the day. I'm not even eating the rest of the day. <laughs> I was just like, I'm full. I'm full. That's like amazing. I, Daniel, I'm so stoked. I have to say, so here's what's happening. You're rapping and freaking out and shaking. I'm sitting here and I'm actually nodding like and I'm and I'm like, yeah, this is jamming. And beyond the fact that I hate my, I have to say on mass, I always hate my intros because I feel like I just want to be like, yeah, but I'm just a regular person. Sounds mm-hmm. pretty amazing. But um, but at the same time, I I can't believe and some of those rhymes were like pretty. Uh, who's the guy? 
He's like a he's a white guy. Um, Eminem, uh, pretty Eminem ish because Ooh. they were like rhyming but not quite. I was like, nice leap, nice pull, yeah. dig it. Well played, sir. Nice getting out of your comfort zone, which, as you know, is like my main my main squeeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's pretty much what you that's what you uh, talk about a lot, right? In your on your talks, it is. It's what I and I'm just thrilled that you like gamed up to do that. I like the status quo smashing. What a kick-ass intro! All right, let's now. Now, what are we going to talk about? Now, <laughs> that, that's it. We, we, that? we, we could just end the show right now. I mean, that's great. But I was gonna, I was going to ask you something. You come from a very okay. ent- entrepreneurial family, right? So your your father ran a construction company, a restaurant, and water slides, which is really cool. I mean, if my dad did water slides for a living, that would be like the coolest thing in the world. Um, your mother got involved in the commercial cleaning business, and your brother is the founder of Saks Underwear. Yeah, like, all facts, all facts and true. So, yeah. so Our, tell me about, ahead. no, I want to know like your background and what it was like growing up in, in a family filled with entrepreneurs. Yeah, you know what, um, when you and I had the pleasure of speaking before, we talked about your grandfather and mm-hmm. um, so I'm happy to have the, the opportunity to chat a bit about mine because my grandpa Rudy, he started the first taxi cab company in my hometown in Kelowna, BC. It was called Rudy's Taxi. And at that time, there was three-digit dialing, 222. You got Rudy's Taxi. No way. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's red. And in fact, I stole some at my grandma's house. She used to have a box of, uh, of pencils from Rudy's Taxi business. Rudy's Taxi Stand, it was actually called. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I stole some. <laughs> and... From my grandma, I'm so hardcore, and uh, and I still have them. It's it's one of my like most treasured. You know, when my house catches fire, I'll grab the Rudy's taxi pencils. But Rudy started it, and then he also delivered milk, and he did all sorts of things. And my dad drove cab for my grandpa, and uh, and then one day he was driving. You know, my grandpa then started a trucking business, and my then my dad was driving truck like dump truck. You know, dirt mm-hmm. hauling dirt around. And uh, my dad tells a story about he was sitting there having lunch one day with the guys. And uh, this guy pulled up in a nice car and got out, not in a suit or anything, but just in like casual clothes, like blue jeans and whatever he wanted to wear. And my dad said to the guy beside him, hey, you know, one day I want to be like that guy. I can afford a nice car, but I'm but I can wear anything I want to wear. And the guy said, hey, kid, you're smart. You should get out of here and go to school. So my dad did his MBA Mm -hmm. and started his construction business. And uh and that's kind of how, and then I was born right about the same time that that was happening. And my mom, God bless her, has been on the wildest ride of her life because anyone who's in construction knows that you it's like dizzying highs and death-defying lows all the time. Like you make a lot of money, but you can lose a lot of money real fast too. Mm. And um, so I grew up in that environment. I grew up, you know, some years we were all going to Vegas for Christmas and it was good times and other times... You know, we were figuring out how to ration out what we had in the freezer, right? And you started also so, working at 14? Yes, I did. I started my, my it's, this is kind of ridiculous now in hindsight, <laughs> but I loved it. I worked on the Alaska Highway um, as a flag girl. So those people on the road with the slow and stop signs, I did yeah. that. And so you were a human stop sign. What's that? So you were a human stop sign. I was a human stop sign, but I was also a human slow sign. <laughs> right. <laughs> times have, times uh, have changed, huh? It was, um, you know what? It was really, it was a great experience because here's what I was a boss's kid. So first of all, everyone was like, 
what the hell is this mm-hmm. kid doing here? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a gr- I am a girl. So here's like a 15-year-old girl on a construction job with about 40 or 50 men and one cook. And these are construction guys, and we're living in trailers on the side of the Alaska Highway in the middle of nowhere. Like, uh, And I can remember just thinking uh, the only way to survive this is to outwork everyone and prove that I have a right to be here. And I don't mean a right to be here in terms of like I, you know, but that um, – but that I'm rightful in this kind of space, you mm-hmm. know, like it, it makes sense. Right. And so I spent the summer doing that. Um, and it was crappy because I would call home. There was a two ray radio, like, you, you know, breaker, breaker, 10, four, good buddy. <laughs> and I'd call this main system and be like, can you dial this number in Kelowna? My friends are like, yeah, it's a great party on Friday night. You know, too bad you're not coming. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I had those phone calls, as soon as I would get off, I made a ritual. I would calculate how much money I had made so that I didn't feel so bad. That was my antidote. It was like Mm. my life is passing me by. Everyone's having fun. But I just made, you know, (laughs) $3,000 or whatever. And uh, So you were motivated by money at a very young age. I mean, you weren't interested in in hanging out with the kids and enjoying life as a a teenager. You were more interested in, in really amassing wealth from a very young age uh you know what that's interesting so that's like a the dichotomy of me is like i had both of those things very much going on at the same time so i was driven by proving my worth and the only way i knew how to measure that at that time was money that's changed but at the time right yeah Mm -hmm. was proving like i'm good enough because i really had this underdog mentality because i wasn't good at school and i'm not necessarily that pretty and i was chubby and all these other things that weren't awesome and then on the other side, I love to party. And I was like, I was the social convener. I planned all the parties. I was the captain of all the sports teams. I was like very into that. Um, and I reconciled the two kind of by doing the like work hard, play hard thing. Yeah. So, uh, and I and I witnessed that around me. Like my dad always worked really hard and he, but he played hard. My mom very much the same thing. Like, I don't know that I know someone or two people who work harder than those two, but who also are always the people who are having like the big dinner party, you know? So when so, did it when did it change? I mean, when did your mindset change from, okay, I need to prove myself and I need to make a lot of money. Um, that's, that's basically how I can measure my value as a person to realizing that, that it's got nothing to do with it. Uh... Yeah, like, to be totally honest, I still battle that beast, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, you're, 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 uh, you're the top female entrepreneur of Canada. <laughs> yeah, right. So, they say I'm pretty good. <laughs> so, so it's not, it can't be that easy, you know, to, to kind of like, you know... It's when people give you awards and you kind of wake up and, and, and people tell you things like wow you know she, she's a uh, uh you know one of the top 100 most powerful women in the country how do you stay humble and how do you you know keep yourself in uh, check you know what it's uh here's what um i think when and there'll be some people listening who can relate to this and some people who absolutely don't but when you are the kind of person who 
had a fundamental belief about themselves that they're not a lot of things that society values. Um, in my case, the smart, pretty, uh, you know, normal. And you, you, I think, can kind of take it two ways. You can put a chip on your shoulder and really, like, kind of get aggressive and go out to prove everybody wrong in a, in a very ego way. Or you can um, really take it personally and 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 go to prove everybody wrong in a really heart-centered way. So when you do it, um, there's not this big like raw chest bump, you know, killed them kind of moment. <laughs> it's more like, oh my God, they made a mistake. It couldn't be me, you know. Mm-hmm. And the second year that I won the award, that Canada's Top Female Entrepreneur thing, I sent them an email and I was like, I think you're person whoever does your press <laughs> accidentally sent last year's thing out because i just got this thing and they sent me back they're like you're hilarious no it's you and i was like oh my god this is terrible i feel so bad um because uh i don't know it's a, it's 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 lovely to be recognized um but i i know myself so well that i know that uh it's just it not that anybody can do it, because everybody can't uh, for a variety of reasons. But um, you know, there's no good reason why it's me, other than I worked hard and a few lucky strikes came, and 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 because I know how quick everything can go sideways, right? Yeah. And when I after I won the award, it was negative in some ways because my ego liked it, and you there, it's like. It's like um, it's like a drug, right? You yeah. never get that high again, mm-hmm. or it doesn't happen as often. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's like you ink your first, say, five or ten million dollar deal. That's you get pretty high off that. That's a good time, but that t- you're not doing that every day, you know. So this kind of balance between the big wins and the every day is something I've had to work at. Um, I think I've always been humble, but, but I won't lie. Like those things are pretty good time for a short stretch. And then right after that, it's like a hangover mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Um, it's interesting yeah. also because one, one of your favorite quotes is from Steve Jobs. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. How do you know True. if you're, how do you know if you're living your own life or someone else's? Oh yeah. Uh, I do. I know this one. Uh, I got this one. <laughs> hands up. <laughs> I can tell you from my own experience, when I was doing what I thought people wanted me to do, like taking certain degrees at university or speaking a certain way or dressing a certain way or whatever the case, um, it felt uncomfortable all the time. I was pulling it off. Like, you know, people Hmm. didn't know. I was a great actress. Uh, But just this feeling every day of discomfort and the erosion of um, confidence is so quick and deep. And so I would say to anyone listening, if you if what I just said is like it's like biting on tinfoil if you have a Ow. if you have a feeling like that terrible like I hate that. yeah and you don't want to admit it's like damn uh. it stop talking woman. You know, odds on you're probably doing a bit of it. I think we all do it to some degree at some point. Um, but I think you know it when it's consistently eroding your confidence because you're always having to pretend. Mm-hmm. It's a tricky game, you know? And then one day, I mean, for me, I just, over time, uh, I just broke down. 
and and you reach the day where you're like, hey, that's enough, you know, can't do it. Um, mm. Yeah, you can only be fake for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you just you can't. There's no air, you know, uh, dread, all those kind of things. Um, and, and, you know, it's a bit like, I can remember, I'm thinking about a relationship. I don't know why this is coming up, but I am. <laughs> and I remember waking up this fine day and saying to this nice fellow, uh, that's that. And he was like, what? And I was like, it's just, that's over. Yeah, that's over. <laughs> oh my God. And it was almost like, you know, I know it was so bad. Really wow. like in hindsight, and he was a lovely person. We lived together for like five years or whatever, but, um, but there is a sense of when you know it's the next chapter and it's so absolute mm-hmm. that you the pain of moving forward uh, is far less than the pain of staying um, oh. or the discomfort or the whatever the case, whatever your word is. Mm-hmm. And that's happened to me all over the place in careers, in relationships, in like with myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just, it, it, it ruminates until one fine day I'm like, yeah, and that was that. So moving on. I want to get to, um, I guess, a, a point in your life that was, that was pretty dark. Um, shortly after you had your third child, uh, you found out that you had a very rare and aggressive cancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can imagine at that point in your life, you were... Uh, financially successful you had a beautiful family loving marriage um and then and then you get hit with that bomb what was going through your mind and and how did you manage to get through it uh yeah it's a bit like in the movies when people get bad news and they only hear like things get muffled and they stop being able to see more than two feet from them. And it's a bit like test pattern, like, you know, (laughs) you, uh, and it's like, it's like when a boxer gets stunned, Mm -hmm. you know? And I remember the first thing I thought was, Oh my God, Andrew and the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think, well, I, in order of telephone calls, the first person I called was my uh, husband. My in, no, Andrew was with me at the time when I got oh. the news. Um, the first person I called was my insurance broker and said, "Tell me you sold me like some ridiculously <sighs> oh, expensive, over-the-top life insurance oh. because I'm pretty sure this is this is the show, and I want to make sure my family's taken care of." Oh my goodness! Why? And he said, "Yeah." Uh, I sold you just that. I said, I love you. Thank you. I love you. And uh, then I called my brother and my folks. And um, I don't know how you get through it outside of my my oncologist told me that when it was all over, he said, I don't know that I've had a more earnest patient. And I didn't know what that meant. So I went and Googled it. (laughs) um, All all of those smarter than me are like, uh, you know, you know what earnest means, but, mm. <laughs> but effectively it means that you'll, you'll do and try anything. You'll exhaust yourself trying. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's just how we did it. We were just like, look, there's a hundred thousand different ways to solve a problem. So let's just do that. And I will say this, 
um, because I've always wanted to have a, a an opportunity to tell people this. When you have someone in your life who's diagnosed with cancer, a terrible disease, um, I, I there's a challenge at the beginning for the for the person who's diagnosed because you get a flood of phone calls and messages and emails and everyone pouring out all their love for you and all this stuff, which can be taken one of, I think, kind of two ways, hmm. which is, you know, thank you for your support and your affection, whatever, but also, hey, hot tip, I'm not dead yet. Let's not <laughs> eulogize me. Um, you know, I'm kind of dealing with some shit over here. It'd be rad if we could all just like chin up and <laughs> move on. And, uh, and I was in the latter, you know, and mm-hmm. so I was... So I, I, I just want to say if there's someone in your world, um, just stick with them, you know. Don't eulogize them just yet. Uh, just say, you know, if you have to say I love you, man, I'm with you, that's great. But not like, hey, remember the time when you did this and that was so lovely and your family, <laughs> oh. It's like, wow, oh, I always said I wanted to be at my own funeral, but I'm not sure anymore, <laughs> you know. So, uh, <sighs> but you know, that, that I'll tell you what. Um, the cancer thing I would say is the biggest, one of the greatest gifts of my life. Seriously. Um, absolutely. Because it's so great when you're 30, whatever I was, and you realize you are so mortal, you are mm-hmm. so mortal, like just snuff you out right now. No big deal. The world doesn't care. It will move on without you. There's millions and millions of people who went before me who mm-hmm. we don't have any idea they were ever here and I will be just the same as them. Mm. Um, what a great thing to happen because <laughs> now, I mean, what's the difference? Like prioritize? Absolutely. Do I need to be stressed over like this or that I mean don't get me wrong bad things happen to me I respond to them but the the context of them has changed so greatly that it really has been great for my business it's been great for my marriage it's been great for just about everything I mean given the fact that I live that's that's pretty essential component but uh if you if you knew I'll say this if you knew you were going to live mm-hmm. I would say Man, it's the best gift you can get. Wow. For sure. That is, that's very powerful. And, and only someone like you can actually say that. Someone who's actually been through it can actually say that. Yeah, and for some people, it's a lifelong torture chamber, right? For some mm-hmm. people, they live in fear every day. Like, what's that lump? What's this thing? What's this cough? What's that? You know, mm-hmm. and, and I get you don't? that. Like, I'm scared often. Right. Um, but, you know... Uh, you 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 know what's uh, interesting? Uh, something just came to my mind. You gave a TED talk where you said that you think most people today have lost their marbles. <laughs> hmm. What can what did, what did you mean by that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I spent. So here's what: because I turned out to be like reasonably successful, but all you, the markers and metrics told me I was like. Can you take out like the word reasonably? Can you take out the word reasonably? <laughs> Can you just yeah, say well, it's, I've done I okay. was successful? No, 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 no. That, that's that's <laughs> crap. I did okay. What's uh, wrong with saying I was very successful? Yeah, you know, it's very um, not to not to diverge off the question, but it's it's a challenge for me to say that because it was it's not just me. 
You know, it really is not just me. It's my folks. It's my brother. It's my husband. It's my children. It's everyone who works with and for me. Mm -hmm. It's it's you know the professor. It's some stranger who did a good thing. You know. But that's always the case. I mean, anybody who's successful in anything, they can't claim that they've done it themselves. Anybody who does is either lying or is just loony. So yeah. So so you could say, yeah, I was wildly successful, and I had a lot of help on the way. Yeah, I'll say that. I'll take that one, but I can't. I can't say the first part without the second. It just doesn't feel. Uh, okay. That's cool. it's just not truthful, you know. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, but yeah. So, but so I so I'm I'm doing pretty well with some help from my friends. And you just said pretty well. I I'm like <laughs> just did <laughs> okay, it again. Well, I'm kicking ass and taking names, yeah. and my friends are helping me. How about that? <laughs> and. Uh, and so I'm I'm thinking, why is this all working out? Because I'm supposed to be like a C minus student. And this is like all the metrics the whole way told me like mediocre at best kid, you know, get 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 your name tag and polish it up because mm-hmm. you're not going any higher. And so I started to investigate, like, how is it that that stuff works out for me? And why is it that people say to me, how do you think that way? And all these kind of things. So I spent my nights uh, when I was starting my, one of my first businesses. I'd work, I worked a lot. I still do. But, you know, and so on weekends and evenings, I'd read these white papers about how our minds get wired up and creativity and innovation and all this stuff. And I became really fascinated with it. And I thought, OK, well, then what makes me different? And I deduced that a lot of it comes from this play mentality. And when I was talking about people losing the marbles, I was talking about the fact that people stop playing. Like we get so serious and we, and we, and we, everything has to have a deliverable result. When, when you're an adult, you're like, well, how does that benefit me? What's the direct tangible outcome? What's the statistical relevance of my undertaking that activity numerous times? Oh, whatever, like insert logical, very adult driven Mm -hmm. um, mentality here. And the reason I've done what I've done is because, you know, less than a quarter of my life is treated that way. And the what happens is when you wire your mind up to think logically 100% of the time, you have you create so many filters. If you could imagine, I don't know if you like in biology class in high school or something, there were these textbooks and they had these vellums, like a clear page with some stuff over top. So yeah. let's say it was like, you know, the human body, you had like the bones and they put over the muscle and put over the whatever, yeah. right? You do the same thing with all this crazy logic and all this notion that we're so wise and all this kind of idea that we can deduce our way to the best right, quote, in air quotes, right. Can you give an example, uh, Kelsey, give an example of of a before and after. In other words, before being, you know, completely unplayful and over serious and, and then the after being more playful. Give it, give it like a, can you paint like a picture, a scenario? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll give an example of a client without their permission, so I won't tell their name. But, um, okay, so this person is really intelligent by the books. Uh, they, they, they jump the hoops really well. Yeah, mm-hmm. they measure yep. well. They go off, they become, they go through the kind of traditional uh, archetype of a corporate person. They yeah. get to senior VP level. They're they're hoping to become a director, and the director comes. You know, people who are vetting, and they say, 
we really we need to shift because there's so much disruption in our space and we we need you to lead the charge you're a great leader and this person comes to me and says oh my god <laughs> i'm i'm a great leader but i can't come up with anything new i just do what people tell me mm. i do it really well mm-hmm. and i'm like exceptional at it you tell me anything and i can remember it i can repeat like and i was like okay got you i know your i know your jam and this is what happens to so many people. And, and so the beginning of that is um, we do what you're told. Do it really well. And we know that works. What happened for this person was I said, okay, instead of ensuring that every single thing you do in your day makes sense and is about performance, yeah, so everything is about performance and productivity. Usually that's how we measure it. So why do you go the way you go to work? Anyone listening, why do you go that way? It's probably because it's the quickest way. Yeah. It's unlikely it's because it's the most enjoyable way or the best coffee is two streets over and you're going to stop on the way, right? Mm -hmm. There's all these reasons, the reason why we do it. And so I said, okay, every day we're going to introduce one small adaptation and it's going to be about enjoyment or expansion to the 2E, 2E model. And you, you just have to trust me. (laughs) <laughs> and so we do this. We do it for a period of time. It's about six weeks that mm-hmm. we do it every day, a small adaptation. And by the end, my client said, I, I'm actually seeing the world. <laughs> I'm actually here. Like I'm seeing things and I'm picking up on things and I'm, I'm starting to see things I think might be opportunities. And what was so interesting in, in how it was said was this thing about, I think they might be opportunities Hmm. because we're so accustomed to, again, vetting everything out, right? No, no, that doesn't work. Why? No, 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 no. Been done. Must have been thought about by someone else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That we're so unsure of this idea that there's potential. Yeah. In Hmm. what we think outside of being told it's the right thing. And we, everybody did it. When you were a kid, you spent your whole time doing that. Exactly. Everything was potential, man. Like the whole, the whole thing. And, um, and so the, so the difference, and now this person is doing tremendously well and they took on that, they got, they were, you know, appointed to the role and, and they have actually come up with some pretty amazing game shifters, um, even beyond what I expected them to do but um do you think that's the definition of really what an entrepreneur is you know you you were saying that not everybody can you know be an entrepreneur right um do you think that the definition of of really what what is an entrepreneur it's it's somebody who they don't just follow the herd they don't just copy and paste and kind of just do what what they're expected to do but they actually just kind of really break out of the mold and just do what they feel is is what they want to do in that moment yeah so um that word makes my body respond negatively uh yeah. which word entrepreneur yeah <clears throat> so i hate it i'm gonna I hate it just too. really quickly explain my thoughts on that um <laughs> people who copy to me are called small business owners and there are lots of them. There's hundreds of thousands of millions of small business owners. Yep. Um, they want to call themselves entrepreneurs because it's a sexy word. Yeah. It comes with fancy business cards and a Tesla. <laughs> um, so, so I just, I want to, I mean, maybe that's a 
jerky comment, and there's a lot of people listening. No, no, be offended, no. People, but it's just—I'm sorry. That's what you're doing. You're you're owning a small business, and I, hey, <laughs> applause. I like. There's lots of courage that goes with being a small business owner. I get mm-hmm. it. Some of my businesses are that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So entrepreneurs are renegades and space makers and time shifters, and you know they are. They are the uh, they are the outcasts, yeah. So the entrepreneurs are the people who got sent from the old world over to colonize North America, <laughs> because they had you know they could survive anything mm-hmm. uh, based on like sheer will alone, and they would figure it out. And um, and and that's not to say there weren't lots of people who were left in the old world or all over the world who did that. But we, you know, we're the outcasts. I think in it's just only that entrepreneurship's become so sexy recently. You know, mm-hmm. when yeah. I finished my MBA in two thousand four, people were like, "You're gonna do what? Why <laughs> would you do that? That makes no sense. Be a consultant." Right. And uh, but now everybody, you know, it's like I want to be an entrepreneur. Um, I think what entrepreneurs do is they make decisions and solve problems and see things and connect previously disparate concepts faster than everyone else. It doesn't mean that other people can't do it. It mm-hmm. just means we do it faster and we do something about it. Yeah? Yeah. You know what's interesting is um, when I get asked the question of what, what do I think an entrepreneur is, for me, it's, you know, when I was in school and I and I... I believe that you were the same. I was a class clown, right? I was actually you, named the class clown. There you go. You were named the class. I was also named the class clown. We we have something in common. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the reason why that that was is it was just me wanting to be me, and the system or the box or whatever you want to call it didn't. It didn't really jive with 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 my creativity. Like I wanted to do x and and being in a classroom you had to do y and it just didn't work right and so i feel like it's the same thing in adulthood right if you're sitting in an office working for someone else and and you feel the need to like jump on the tables and go crazy because it's like i i i can't do this it's like i'm 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 like squandering my creativity i'm i'm i feel claustrophobic i feel trapped if that's mm-hmm. how you feel then you're an entrepreneur and you need to and you need to get out and go and do stuff like you've got to do it and if you, but if you don't if you don't really feel like that then maybe you're just like you're not really an entrepreneur maybe you just maybe it just looks cool and maybe actually you'd be doing yourself a, a favor to just actually just you know stay in in the corporate world in the, in the in the workforce and and provide and and but i but I, I my definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who cannot work for someone else it's just not an option yeah i would i mean i've been fired from almost every job i had as a like as a job um where i wasn't given a tremendous amount of autonomy mm-hmm. uh I would, I would, but I have to kind of go back. I would both agree and disagree with you. So I agree that the people who are happy uh, in their regular job, um, where someone else signs their paycheck, should stay, and that's awesome. If they feel a niggle, like maybe start a little side hustle or mm. get an interesting hobby that you can kind of engage in. Like if the, there's something missing, or you know, switch your field, or, but stay 
uh, not being responsible for your own paycheck in terms of generating the revenue directly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people who want to go berserk and crazy and uh, hate everything and need to do something entirely different, I, I, um, there's two types of those people. And, and in my work, what I've witnessed is there are the people who, again, need what I would call a really high-level hobby. They have high passion for something, but they're not business people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. And they, they're like, forget it. Uh, I'm <laughs> going to start a yoga studio. And then they are screwed and bl- have blown through their savings in eight mm. months' time because they are not a business person, you see. Mm. They're a passionate yoga person. Interesting. Who doesn't recognize that entrepreneurship is actually business with a different name. Yeah. Uh, it requires passion. It requires all these other things. But mm-hmm. but I think that the, I've just seen so many people destroy yeah. the thing they love. Like if you kill watch their dragons, baby. If you watch Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, for example, you yeah. see these people, they come on, they're like, but I've got so much passion! So you've got to invest <laughs> like, in me. And it's like, yeah, but you don't know how to run a business. So uh, like, why totally. should I, I, I so hear that. I you so know, so that. I just, I give you pause. If you're on the train right now into work and you're like, I am that guy. I hate my life. I want to do my own thing. It's like, good. <laughs> Te- you know, pump the brakes. <laughs> do you understand business? If not, cool. You can be the passion, you know, the passionate guy who loves, I don't know, whatever the case, kids, toys. You you got to find the business person partner, yeah. you know, like before you pull a Jerry Maguire and most people are probably too young to remember that movie, but, <laughs> and like leave the building and take the fish with you, um, <laughs> get, get a business person and don't, I'm just going to, I'm going to say one more thing that may be like kind of controversial. Please don't think that by taking a like $2,000 course online about how to start a business that you have the business component knocked because that is another business that's preying <laughs> on people like you. And you'll get, a, you know, it's like 101. Awesome. It's a, it's an eye opener. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like when your mom took you how to learn how to swim and she got in with you and, and you were like, yeah, I'm swimming. You weren't. You know, um, she was still holding you up or she was running behind you holding your bicycle seat. You weren't biking, you know, Mm -hmm. but that's what they're telling you. So I just I I, because I see so many people do that. I want to just take sorry a second to give you caution. I'm glad I'm glad you're bringing that up. And it's good that you are. The only thing I would like to do, though, is we've we've kind of been on the negative. Like, you know, what's not an entrepreneur? What's not? What about what about what? Yeah. What about what what? does make a great entrepreneur and Mm. and in fact what i would what i would ask you is you've built a a 50 million dollar business empire and for a lot of people listening to this they their goal might just be well i want to just get my first million dollars so yeah because 50 million is a freaking buttload of cash and it's very overwhelming to think about um how about a hundred thousand bucks like look i you know what it doesn't, I don't even think you have to start with a million. I think that's another problem. People are like, I want to have a million dollars. I'll tell you what, million dollars is a lot of money, but it's still actually not that much money. The big <laughs> difference goes from when you're making 40,000 to 100. When you yeah. double your income, that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, 
that's material. You feel that every day because now you're mm-hmm. not like, mm, can I afford, can I buy? Oh, I wonder, like, you you know, yeah. that is a big deal. I'm a huge fan of like, make your first hundred. Okay, so how do you and do then, that? And then, what's that? So how do you do that? What, what, what are the first steps to doing that, to getting there? Yeah, um, I would say if you really want to leave your job, start a business, or you have your own business right now and it's struggling or whatever the case, I would mm-hmm. say the things that make a great entrepreneur great um, are kind of this, this you know, witch's brew of resilience. And I don't mean resilience in the like, you know, I get knocked down, but I get up again kind of way. Um, <laughs> because I got my face kicked in this week. I'll tell you the truth. Like what? kicked in. I don't know if you saw my post on, I was like, I just ate a shit sandwich. It was so bad. <laughs> um, but I mean, resilience in the way that you Well, hold recognize- on a second, Kelsey. What, yeah, what, do you mean you, what do you mean you got your face kicked in? I'm interested. What, what happened? Oh man. Okay. So I'm working on this condo project and building some condos and, uh, we're not, we just dropped the ball and run our cash flow properly. And, um, I got a phone call and the phone call said, uh, you, we need $750,000 by, uh, like in 10 days. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was like, right on. Okay. Let me just like <laughs> check my pocket. And so and I have, it's been a long time since I've actually used a four letter word at a volume that was greater than this right here. Oh. And I did that. And then <laughs> I, I, I sat here and I breathed for a little while and then, uh, I started to sweat and then I, you know, like I have a system. And so, um, I know I have been damaged, right? So this is the part where I go, right, my ego is now going to show up and do one of two things. It's going to tell me that I do suck and I am like a piece of crap and I should have never been like aiming this high and mm-hmm. whatever. Or my ego is going to show up and be like, well, this is someone else's problem. Who mm-hmm. did this? What the hell? Mm-hmm. Like, how the hell did this happen? And yeah. um, or my you know, more, um, evolved business person will go, right. We're going to worry about solving how this happened and whatever later, because that's something we can deal with later. But what we need to do right now is figure this out. Let's make some decisions. And so, um, so I would say that going back to the, and by the way, it looks like we got it Yesterday, I, th- I think I got it figured. Um, wow. But not not an awesome 48 hours. And, uh, you know, but it's all relative, okay? So someone heard that number and they're like, that would never happen to me. No, this has happened to you. You have been short on rent by $200. You have figured it out. You you know, your brother called and said, hey, man, I need to borrow 800 bucks because I was drinking and driving and my car got impounded. Mm-hmm. But, you know, whatever. Like, you've had to hustle up. 50 to whatever amount of money before everyone's yeah. had to do that. Yeah. Um, and when you got like no liquid cash, uh, to that sum, you get crafty. Right. And, um, and so I think that coming back to the question about what makes a great entrepreneur, this witch's brew is like this resilience of you get kicked in the face, you go, right. Okay. I know how this rolls. I know how I'm going to physically respond. Mm-hmm. I know how I'm going to emotionally respond. You've got a map of this stuff. So when it starts to happen, you go check, check, right? 
you recognize the ghosts. It's like turning the light on and going, right, this is how it all plays out. I get it. So that you don't have to fall into these kind of traps about disbelief of yourself and, re- you know, reacting instead of responding, whatever. So that's the first piece. The second piece is um, you are – your ego is very much in check. Like, so we can use – and I'm, I'm, I'm sorry if you're a Republican. This is not against Republicans. But we can use people like Donald Trump as an example mm-hmm. that – you can make poor choices based on what you believe is in it for you versus what you believe is in it for your business. Um, and I think Donald Trump has made a, a tremendous number of good choices, but the ones I think that have damaged his business the greatest uh, were were rooted in emotion. So mm-hmm. I think great and ego, right? And I think great entrepreneurs are able to recognize the line between business, you know, and self. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're they're genuinely good people because um, you don't get very far by being an asshole. Like TV tells you that's how to do it. Mm-hmm. Like go around and grind everybody and whatever. Grind. Hustle. Um, grind. Hustle, man. Rip hustle. It up. Oh, <laughs> I hate that word. Um, <laughs> and that works for a short period. Look, if you're quick and you can make a milli or 10 or 15 or whatever the case, you make your first 100 really fast and get the hell out of there like it's a Mm -hmm. robbery yeah (laughs) um hustle do it like i'm with gary v hustle it up but if you but if you want to stick around for like 20 or 30 years indulging the freedom that comes with having your own business it's it's strategy it's relationship um it's this thing about making great choices for your business over great choices for yourself in the short term. All way, you know, it's all these things. Yeah. Um, and look, you can Google the diamond E model of strategy and all these, you know, beautiful things that I learned at MBA school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can hire consultants and you can do all that kind of thing. But I think it comes back to like what makes a great entrepreneur is I think you know a great person at the center, and these capacities that I think you only get through experience. I don't know that you're if you've never been kicked in the face before, you've been a straight-A student, you got every single raise, the odds are you're going to come to our side of the table and and feel pretty negative for a while because you haven't, you know, you don't have that muscle being like, right, right, this is how it goes. I'm going to stay up all night. I'm going to worry. I'm going to sweat. I'm going to feel nauseous. I'm going to vomit. Then I'm going to doubt myself. That You know, it's like this is how it rolls. Got it. <laughs> and that's I know why- within you know, two days' time I'm going to be back on top. And that's why it's so key to make sure that you keep your marbles and you play with your marbles because we go through so much, like as, as I'm not going to say entrepreneurs, whatever. <laughs> you can, that's okay. I am one, so I'm okay with yeah. that. But I just think on mass, people are using the word wrong, right. you know? Well, I'll use the word in, in, and you can you know take it as, as, as whatever it is to mean to you. But as entrepreneurs... If we don't have our marbles to play with, we will lose our other marbles, like literally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah? Because because what you've said and everything that we've discussed in this incredible uh, interview has been all about getting through it, persisting through it, getting smacked in the face and then saying, okay, and then having those thoughts of I'm not good enough, I suck, but then saying, do you know what, shut up, let's just get on with it and move forward and push forward. And if you don't have those 
those marbles to play with if you don't enjoy the journey if you don't have fun doing it then stop because you're gonna you're gonna kill yourself like go like go get a job because the job might be uncomfortable but at least you'll live you know and at least you'll have sanity but if you're going to be an entrepreneur you're going to put up with a lot of crap and if you don't have your marbles to play with then you know you you're gonna you're just gonna kill yourself in the process and so that that, that's why it's so crucial and and you know what i'm gonna bring this all back up and and um, and wrap it up in a little bow here because i want to go back to the quote and the quote is that your time is limited so don't waste it living someone else's life and what that means is that if you're living someone else's life you're not having fun you're doing it because you need to do it for other people right you need to do it because you don't feel that you're good enough without it you don't think people will feel that you're good enough without it and then every day becomes i need to prove something i need to prove something i need to i need to make a million dollars because i need to prove something i need to buy my own house and own my own house because I need to prove something. I need to drive a, a, a Ferrari because I need to prove something. And if that's the life that you're going to live, it's just going to be pressure, 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 pressure. You're going to be driving that Ferrari and s- smiling away, but you are depressed as hell because you don't yeah. really give a damn about that. You, you're not really living your life. But if you if you hold on to your marbles and you keep playing with your marbles and you, you just do the things that you want to do because they're enjoyable then not only will you probably be more successful in life, but you'll live longer, happier, and healthier. Yeah, and you know what I want to add to that is I want to take the word fun and, and kind of adapt it if it's okay by you, because I think mm-hmm. that's that's something that people are a bit misled by. They're like, but this isn't fun. It's like, yeah, no, it's not, actually. Uh, there's a, <laughs> there are a few moments, right? It's like that. Yeah. It's like the orgasm of business does happen when you ink <laughs> the deal or whatever the case. But a lot of it is foreplay, and it's and it's rich, and it's you yeah. know interesting, and it's insightful, and it's challenging, and if you know. That's, mm-hmm. I think, what it's what it's, it's the really game. about. And You're if, playing if, the game. Yeah, and if you don't for yourself, I mean, I and I and I think this is where a lot of people are on the line and can't get over, right? So I'm going to talk to the listeners who are who are close, right? Who are like, mm-hmm. oh, but I really want to do it. I just know what to do. I, you know, or whatever the case. Um, if you're not sure about your why it is you're doing it, your values you haven't gone through that real priority thing um, and you're not crystal clear, like this whole clarity of purpose. Yeah. And I don't, again, purpose, I don't mean like airy fairy ohm stuff. I mean, purpose, like you wake up and on the day it's hard, it's still meaningful. Right. Um, That I think is what gets most of us over the line when we've got clarity of that and we're like, right, got it. This is, this is meaningful work. It's going to be rich and engaging and all this stuff. And the odd time it's going to be, you know, monumental and amazing and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you can work at that, you, you'll safely make it to the other side and endure because uh, the fun seekers, you know, it's, it's exhausting. I just thought um, of a really cool title for this episode. <laughs> okay, land it. What do you got? How to become successful without losing your marbles. <laughs> I like that. I'm into it. I'm into it. And, and, and really, you know what? I think it's true because without losing your marbles, and the thing too is like if you actually, right, here's what it, it boils down to this. 
if you want to be exceptional, you have to become an exception. By mm, definition. I like that. How to become an exceptional person. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be exceptional, you have to be an exception. And I, I would ask your, your listeners this. What's the one rule you intend on breaking that will have the greatest impact on your life? You're operating within What's a set of rules rule? you've created mm-hmm. or you've What's allowed or you've ad- you submitted to. And mm-hmm. there's a rule that's holding you back from a big adaptation or change or revelation mm-hmm. or revolution or, you know, whatever. Um, so break it. Like, who's the boss here? So um, just, before we, just before we wrap up, Kelsey, I'm going to throw that question to you. What's the one rule that you yeah, need to, I love it. Okay. to break? Um, I actually, I, so people have goals lists. I, on the back of my goals list, I have a rules list. And these are the rules that I have to be consistently battling against. Um, and one of the rules for me right now, you know, I have a family. My husband is also an entrepreneur. We're really busy. And one of my, you know, one of the this kind of things I have that comes to me is I don't have time. And so the rule that I'm breaking at the moment is um, that time is finite. Because I, I, and I know that sounds really abstract and crazy, but what it means is um, it, it, there is not necessarily a limit to the amount of time if I ask for help. Um, if I'm really forthright in my actions and behaviors in the moment and don't carry things forward. Um, and so I, 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 I care to believe that I can expand my time by virtue of changing my behaviors. And so this year, one of my top things that comes up often is, oh, I don't have time. It's like, no, I, how do I create this time? Because if I believe that time is finite, I'm always limited. Um, hmm. you know, you and you, me and you and Beyonce have the same hours of time in a day or whatever that thing is <laughs> and uh yeah it's true right it's just true and i've let that govern me especially once i had all these kids right we, or we have these three children they're 10 6 and 5 and all these limitations and all these things and uh yeah so i'm breaking the rule of time being a constant just something minor <laughs> just a minor little thing very cool kelsey how, how can my uh listeners get in touch with you Oh uh, yeah, they can find me. Um, they can find the show at the Future Proofing Podcast. They can tweet at me or Insta at me or do all of the things at me. I'm just at Kelsey Ramsden, R A M S D E N. Yes. And um, <laughs> I spell everything because uh, my former name was Kelsey Kitch. Doesn't have a great ring, okay. but um, I always had to spell it, and so I spell everything. It's my nature. So <laughs> at Kelsey Kitch, you'll find me, and KelseyRamsden.com is uh, is the main mothership. So. Thanks, Daniel. That was a good time. Oh, absolutely. And guys, uh, listeners, if you're listening to this, uh, go to danielgeffen.com forward slash 83 to to go to the links in the show notes and to check out any resources that we mentioned in the show. Kelsey, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain. This was awesome. And thank you to all my fellow brain pickers. I'm looking forward to the day when I'll be picking your brain. You've been listening to the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. Inspiration without perspiration is like a tiger without teeth. So to put these ideas into action, head over to danielgeffen.com.